hello and welcome to Strategic Insights Radio, brought to you by Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. If your dream is to start a business or nonprofit or grow your existing enterprise, Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. is ready to help make it happen. Our business marketing and technology consulting services get you started with financial projections, management consulting planning, accounting, and taxes, developing marketing plans and implementing them, Growing your market through branding, website development, and social media management. Increasing productivity with process improvement and automation. And selecting and using the right technology with our business technology strategy consulting and Zoho customization and implementation services. And the host of the show is Jennifer Roos with Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. And Jennifer, I'll let you take it away. Actually, today I've got a great special guest. I have Doug Marenzi from Prep ATL. And Doug actually is the founder of PrEP. He is the Chief Operating Officer and Director of Business Development with 40 years of industry veteran. Started as a child in his family's food business, the passion for industry followed him as he launched seven restaurant concepts in the Carolinas from coffee houses to an upscale Mediterranean concept. In 2010, after coming to Atlanta to launch Atlanta Restaurant Exchange, a real estate brokerage, Doug actually discovered the need for commissary kitchen spaces in Atlanta as the demand was increasing for affordable spaces to start or grow food-related businesses. Doug has actually helped to launch and accelerate more than 350 businesses at PrEP over the last five years, lending his expertise in business mentoring, restructuring, branding, market development, operation, operational consultation, and sharing strategies that work for many PrEP members over the years. Actually, Doug has helped to navigate and simplify the maze of regulations required around food operations. And one of the neat things when I met him and actually met his business partner was that he took a concept, a need that was out there for uh, the commercial kitchen space, for all of these food trucks, these, these areas that just didn't have the right space to store their food, to create their food, to create their image and idea, and actually found and created a location where they could all work and actually structure their idea and their business with, uh, with limiting their overhead, which was fantastic. So I'd like to introduce Doug, and thank you so much for coming on today. Jennifer, I appreciate the opportunity to be here. So why don't you tell me a little bit about why you came up with this particular concept? In the real estate brokerage, there were some changes in regulations and we started getting phone calls from people. We got to where we were getting 15 to 20 phone calls a day uh, for months for people who had been put out of business by new regulations. And the only solution for that was a managed kitchen space. So we worked on the plan for about two years, uh, met our current business partners, worked on it for another two years before we launched, and now we're in our sixth year of operations. We heard so many people, this was a time that the economy was crashing. Uh, one of the best times to start a commercial real estate brokerage, as you oh, can yeah. imagine. Oh yeah, big time. So we, we came up with a plan um, after hearing people call and, and just people in tears you know people had bought a food truck and they have a hundred fifty thousand dollar lawn ornament or at that point a spouse may have been uh, lost their job or been laid off and they the other spouse had been making making cookies and selling them to restaurants and all of a sudden they couldn't get their business license renewed in the real estate brokerage a lot of people were calling looking for closed down restaurants because they, they knew they needed a commercial kitchen and that really was the only option. So we put a lot of people into closed down restaurants. I saw people invest a lot of money uh, into something that, that wasn't really theirs and, and may not work for them. And 
we continue to get the calls for people needing this kind of service. So I gave most of my marketing stuff to JR and business partner and the brokerage uh, aspects to my other business partner. I locked myself away in a basement office and spent about two months coming up with a business plan uh, for what you saw at Prep today. Yeah, and it's really neat. I'd love for you, because I know that most of our, our listeners have never heard of Prep, actually. Unless they're in the restaurant space, they might have come across it. But I was really fascinated. I've seen both facilities here in Georgia now. And it's a fantastic space. And it's amazing to watch you know, just everybody working together in the different spaces within it. Mm-hmm. But I found it really interesting how you can separate out for the different types of foods, the different types of industries that are in there. And how you can keep it where it stays solid to what their concepts are within the space, which is it's, it's just a fascinating structure. Mm-hmm. And I loved what you were able to do. And I know that there are a lot of people out there that have to lo- lease out space in a commercial kitchen somewhere. Or they've got to go to a, an event space and lease out at an event space. And instead, you made this whole concept where they can just go right here, right, you know, in one place. And they can store everything and they can also prepare they don't have to just store right so i just found that really a fascinating space it is and one of the biggest roadblocks to somebody starting or or creating or accelerating a food business is that when you're dealing with uh the fda the health department or departments of agriculture they are translating regulations you know if if a law says if you drive 10 miles over the speed limit, you're going to get a ticket. Uh, regulations are a paragraph. And whoever's reading that paragraph, and depending on how they feel that day, is going to interpret it one way. And so you can make a phone call, get an answer to help you start your business, and you can call someone else in the same department the next day and get a completely different answer. That's what makes it difficult for people. If you go online and Google, how do you start a food business? You're gonna get all kinds of conflicting answers and advice. Oh yeah. It took us about two years to finally understand all, all of the regulations so that now we can help people walk them through the path. When they leave our office, they have all of their applications filled out and they're ready to apply for permitting. That's probably one of the biggest hurdles that stop a lot of people from uh, starting a food business or from growing their food business. Well, I know. I mean, I've helped start a number of restaurants over the years. And one of my biggest things is going through the different um, licenses and permits is once they're doing the build outs too. I, we have such an issue with the grease trap here or the, mm-hmm. the hood there or the space in the bathroom or right, <laughs> I mean, right. especially depending on if it's food or not, you know, how if you're cooking, mm-hmm. you have to have certain requirements around where you put things and how they're structured and if it's ADA or not. And I mean, there's just so many different pieces mm-hmm. that you eliminate the need for that at the moment while while they're trying to build up their, their business and make Correct. the money to be able to provide those, you know, provide the time and income to, to support something like that. Right, right. So we actually started um, with some food truck basis of operations and the main part was a large shared kitchen. Uh, they call them community kitchens, mm-hmm. different things like that. So people come in and they can rent a station. And while they're using that station, they have access to all of the different cooking equipment. We may have a caterer working beside an agriculture producer, working beside someone baking bread. 
and we have to we monitor it we have some responsibility for making sure that everybody's doing what they're supposed to do that they're trained uh, that they can they can do their business because the people that come to prep are it's their livelihood mm-hmm. a lot of people have left jobs and and decided they want to fulfill this dream um, so we can we can get them in there pretty easily get them going uh, for minimum minimal expense and then provide them guidance um, as far as marketing business development uh, social media all of those things we help our members with because if they're not successful we wouldn't exist anymore what happened we saw producers in the shared kitchen that all of a sudden had boxes piled up to the ceiling uh, case of a salsa manufacturer he's got boxes of tomatoes on all the way to the ceiling on one table boxes of jars on the other and then he's trying to juggle and get out pallets of, of product but he wasn't ready to get his own space still wasn't ready to find a place or build out something and so that gave us the idea for prep two and and also where you've been prep three so these locations are dedicated kitchens they're the same concept and we have kitchens anywhere from 100 square feet up to about 7,000 square feet and the same way they can get in the shared kitchen at a low at very low barriers to entry it's the same with dedicated kitchens so people can come they can grow they can go into those larger kitchens and then once they're a member of prep they're a member so if they grow even more we move them to a larger kitchen. Uh, we just got our occupancy permit on prep three. That's the one that faces 85 that you mm-hmm. can actually see from the highway. And they operated for two months and realized with contracts that they had coming in that they were outgrowing their space already. So we had, we've actually had someone that was there for two months and is moving into another unit that doubles their space. That's fantastic. I. I know coming from because this is kind of a combination things right you're coming in with with industry experts and you're you are an industry expert in yourself um, but you are also coming in as an entrepreneur on this right this is a new concept a new idea of how to do something and there are barriers to entry to that Mm -hmm. and coming in at the time you did too what were some of the things because a lot of the people on here are actually entrepreneurs and people who are thinking about having a business or just started Mm -hmm. a business what kind of things what kind of hurdles did you end up having to overcome I would say the biggest asset was perseverance. Uh, you have to persevere long beyond many normal <laughs> people would persevere. I actually had people take JR aside and ask, is Doug okay? Why is he? Why does he continue trying to do this? And I think a lot of people that are entrepreneurs hear that themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's a roller coaster ride. It is, it is, it is. <laughs> and so our barriers was people not understanding the concept so you've been in our kitchens, they're mm-hmm. bright and clean and people doing different things in different places. So when we're dealing with regulations, we also are a USDA approved facility. We have USDA numbers. And in the planning with the health department, we had to explain everything that we were doing there. And one of the questions I got back were, where will the, where will the cow carcasses be hanging in the building? And I had to explain that's not what we're about that's not what's (laughs) going to happen you're going to have somebody making little meat pies and that's why we're usda it it took two years for the various authorities to learn how to work together Uh, that was that was very difficult because we're the first building probably in the state where multiple authorities the health department department of agriculture usda fda um, and other agencies 
have oversight and they learned how to come in and just look at who was under their purview and see someone else doing something completely different and just have to ignore it. So that was that was new for all of them. The biggest thing in the beginning is, you know, we described this huge kitchen, these multiple kitchens, shared kitchens and everything, and regardless, people will go back and talk to someone about it when they leave the facility, and that person still pictures kind of a... Uh, kind of an apartment stove with 10 people trying to cook <laughs> on it at one time it's and, so not <laughs> and yeah and and they're just blown away when they actually come and see the facility and it can be intimidating but the thing about it is people can start small there mm -hmm. uh, grow as big as they want to uh, there's the food industry is changing so much uh, we have a couple of companies that that have um, commissaries there chopped mm -hmm. salad creative salad company is one of them so the idea with restaurants, they don't have to have a full kitchen build out at their locations. They can have a commissary where they do their proteins, their dressings, their toppings, and then they don't have to build out a full kitchen or have a chef at each location. It makes it easier. And so we have several restaurants that have done situations like that, as well as um, $5 Bakery is a good example. They, they make these donuts that each weigh about five pounds and they sell them at Pont City Market and a few other places, but they don't have to build a full kitchen there. And so that's a, for someone who has a, an existing business and wants to grow it, it's a really good opportunity to, to do things like that. And that's kind of a new way of doing business. Yeah, and for those that can't picture what he's talking about, when I walked through it, it was kind of interesting. So some of the areas that I walked through, it was like watching literally entire prep areas, entire kitchen setups for each individual grouping. It literally wasn't people sharing like a kitchen in the same sense. They literally had their own kitchen to work out of is what I was watching them do. Right. And so they weren't on top of each other. They actually had a space that they were prepping. They were cooking in their mm -hmm. own space. It was amazing to watch all these different groups. And then, you know, you have the people going out to their food trucks and you have the people, mm -hmm. you know, sliding these large trays for their catering companies or their restaurants, going into right. their branded trucks and leaving. And our first building um, was 15,000 square feet. And that's where the shared kitchen is. And, mm -hmm. and that's what a lot of people know us for. Uh, that shared kitchen is about 5,000 square feet. Our prep two and prep three are about... 65,000 square feet and those are all dedicated kitchens mm -hmm. people have a key to it they have access to it 24 7 it's their own space yeah I saw there was a actual signage in front of each of the doors um, of the location that we went into this last time that yes. I came and it's it's interesting um, we have some good stories actually I have some crackers from a company called Georgia sourdough <laughs> and I don't know if this is what we want to eat on the air but this is this is one of the success stories of Pratt. Uh, she started out in the shared kitchen and was was making some crackers and selling them at, at farmers markets. Okay. I remember when she first started and was excited. She sold 20 bags of crackers. Tracy would show up in my office as she's growing and she would say, "Oh my gosh, I got I've got to make 50 bags of these crackers." We helped her through the next level. Um, long story short, she's now in a 2200 square foot facility she's actually right down from our office making these crackers 
And so she's someone that's come up through the ranks. She got where she was doing six pallets of crackers out of the shared kitchen. Oh, wow. So you can imagine what that looked like. <laughs> we had them in the hallways. We had them all over the parking lot. <laughs> they were everywhere. And so, so now she's got a full How'd you get around facility. that parking? <laughs> We don't. We just—it's—it's it's like it's like Jenga or something. Really, honestly, you just pull something out and hope something doesn't fall into place. No, that's—it's amazing because I mean, similar to what I do, right? Is you take a lot of my businesses talking to small businesses or people who have a great idea and can't formulate it, don't have the processes or understanding of what to do, uh, how to grow a business or create a business properly. But they've got the great idea. They have the talent. Mm-hmm. You know, they have the passion to do it. Right. They just need the place and the guidance. Right. And it, you provided a place for people who have this ability to bake or, or this idea to cook or, or something that's unique and something passionate that they have mm-hmm. and gave them a space to do it in. I give them the tools to do it. You gave mm-hmm. them the space to do it right, and right. couple it with the tools to help them grow. Right. And it, it's just, I love the concept. And I love the because my whole reason behind doing my business also was to create this, this place where I could help companies that needed help mm-hmm. to realize and stay in scale and right. actually survive right. and that's kind of, that's why i built the business i did mm-hmm. and so it's fun to watch other companies that do the same thing you know it, yours is very specialized in your industry mine's all over the place but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it it's still fun to watch and you've done such an amazing job you've done it here you have offices here uh, throughout georgia in the atlanta area you have office down in Texas as well. Yes. Austin is going under construction shortly. Yeah. So, I mean, you have, it's growing throughout the United States now. Mm -hmm. It's not just a concept here, which is fascinating too. For that kind of expansion, I mean, what kind of hurdles have you had to run through to deal with that? The biggest thing is finding the right place to go. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times we look for young technology. The, The best thing that all of us appreciate now is that many people can't cook today, don't know how. And many of the rest of the people don't have time. Yep. And so that's the benefit for all of our businesses is that people are looking for convenience. And they're also looking for clean labels. And that's one thing we're proud of at Prep. Um, as far as we know, we don't have anybody using strange, unrecognizable chemicals. All the labels that I've seen are clean, standard ingredients. You can recognize them. And, and that's something that a lot of people are looking for as well. No, that's great. I mean, especially right now, I know the trend is towards uh, clean food and towards farm to table. That's mm-hmm. the other big thing that's, and you going local. Right. And you right. provide a place where you can actually go local. So you can get the ingredients and stay in the same area and actually cook. Right. Which right. makes it a fascinating, you know, use of the trend as well. Right. And for us looking for places to be, we have to be in an industrial location. Mm-hmm. And we also have to be in a place where someone's not going to be afraid to drive in their car at night. <laughs> and that's not always the same thing. We looked around Atlanta for uh, two years trying to find proper location. It turned out the building right next to ours came available. And so we were able to make a campus right where we are. We didn't have to go go across a city. It made it a lot easier for us to expand because we just expanded right next door to our current location. Uh, most of the places that we came across in Atlanta were just in, in areas, if it's an industrial area, it's by the railroad tracks, uh, things like that. And just people would not have felt comfortable going there. Yeah, there's some scary areas yeah. <laughs> in some yeah. of it. Yeah. And especially because in, in your industry, I mean, they could be cooking all night. 
Right. They could be yeah. there at weird hours because they've got to do food prep before places open. 24-7. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I've seen, I've shown up at weird times and people are just arriving or just leaving or, you know, it's, it's all over the place. Right. So right. it's, I can understand feeling that, that level of safety too. And I, one of the other things I was very impressed with, with your location was how much safety and security you have. Mm-hmm. I mean, you cannot enter the front door without actually having either an actual key card or some kind of, of an RSA device to get right, in the door. Right. We're actually under the jurisdiction of the of Department of Homeland Security. A lot of people don't think about it, but food manufacturers are, are, are targets, terror, can be terrorist targets. If we have someone making salsa that's in grocery stores across the country. Well, if mm-hmm. they sneak in, there could, there could be a lot of havoc because these products are distributed all over the place. Uh, so the, the interesting thing about prep, and it frustrates some people who are coming to see it, you can't get in. And you can Mm-mm. stand at the glass door and people won't let you in. Nope. <laughs> they say if you're, there's a sign up there, if you're supposed to be here, you know who to call and, and, and how to get in. So oh, I know. I, I actually, you know, I drive up and I wait until I'm at, before I'm out of my car and I call you or JR and yeah. say, hey, I'm here. You know, just make sure you're at the door so I can get in. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's that's interesting. And then we have a lot of cameras. Matter of fact, we were resetting up three camera systems today <laughs> and we monitor who's coming and going. We monitor uh, production in the shared kitchen to make sure people are doing what they're supposed to do. One thing about being a serial entrepreneur, too. And first of all, when you are an entrepreneur and you make you come up with your plan, the mm-hmm. great plan that you're going to do or die, <laughs> yeah. um, I can promise you six months into it, a year into it, that plan doesn't look anything like where you landed. No, I mean, it's the old adage, right? Plans are made to be broken. Mm-hmm. Uh It's great to start out and it is, it helps, it does, it, what plans do, and you do need them, so I, I urge everybody listening create one okay you need to have one to start out with you need to put down your vision and figure out where you think you want to go right now your customers your vendors your manufacturers whatever it is that you are part of including your investors if that's the direction you go in Mm -hmm. will help to change that plan for you because things are going to change the trends in the world are going to change economics is going to play a part in it technology is going to play a part in it and you won't know those things till you get there right to make those changes but you do need to have a a clear idea and vision as to why you're doing what you're doing because that shouldn't change right that should lead you to where you want to be at the end exactly and we have to pull ourselves in sometimes Mm -hmm. so in the early days it was kind of funny my business partner Mitch Jaffe uh, was meeting with another who is a partner now um, who had a building and it was during the winter Mitch was talking about the food trucks and how they didn't have back then the season kind of stopped Mm -hmm. and we need a place where food trucks can go and and have business year-round uh, long story short, it's called Truck and Tap in Woodstock, and it's a place that has a different food truck every day. Uh, we have kind of the restaurant part of it and the bar area that we run, and the nice thing about having a, a restaurant like that is if somebody doesn't like the food, you just tell them, come back tomorrow. <laughs> Blame it on the food truck. <laughs> but we have a lot of wonderful food trucks, and, and people really like that. One of the things I said getting into this, I will never get back in the restaurant business again. (laughs) So there are three truck and taps now. There's so many opportunities that come along. And then because we're we're so connected within the food industry, 
uh, we were approached to open an Asian food hall in the Battery. Mm-hmm. And that just opened a couple weeks ago, named Feast. And so we like to move forward with prep and doing what we intend to do with prep. <laughs> but things happen. They do, and we all get caught up in it, like a couple different, you know, a couple different things. A serial entrepreneur, and I'm there with you, an opportunity comes up, and you're like, ooh, that's like a shiny toy. Mm-hmm. You got to go jump on that one. <laughs> right, <laughs> And right. it's like, ooh, <laughs> let me go that direction and that direction. That sounds great, too. And you have to stop yourself and say, okay, I've got to focus on, on one thing or a cu- just one or two things, because if you don't, all the things are going to collapse. Right. And that's right. one thing that most entrepreneurs, you've got to focus on what you're doing. And the other thing that we all end up doing at the very beginning, especially, is we work in our business, not on our businesses. Right. So we get so caught up on 24-7 doing everything to build the business that we forget to grow the business. Right, right. And we see that all the time. Um, we see people come in with a Gmail address. It's <laughs> the first thing. you got to change that. <laughs> a lot of people don't realize that when you start your own business, say a food business, you're starting two companies. You have two jobs now. One is to produce the food. The second one is to get out there and let people know about your food. Mm-hmm. And it's it's always good to have a partner. If you're the creative one, it's good to have that person who can do things with Excel spreadsheets mm-hmm. and keep each other in check. Um, in all my years in the restaurant business, restaurants don't fail because you can't do it. Uh, working in restaurant brokerage, I just saw so many people that didn't keep good accounting. You know, the chef's great can make miracles happen but didn't have that person that watched over the finances to make sure that prices that change every day were taken care of the business of of restaurants not just the the running of restaurants right right. and and it's the same in every business right it's the business of it there's so many moving parts you may know your widget your food your your location your specialty right your manufactured product you may be the best engineer in the world or the best chef in the world Mm -hmm. but if you put them in front of quickbooks they falter right right. (laughs) or or you ask them what licenses or what insurances they may need Mm -hmm. and have no clue and say oh it's no big deal i just get my basic Mm-hmm. doesn't work that way <laughs> right right the it's the the knowledge of doing the business behind the business mm-hmm. that a lot of people I've noticed just are missing that capability and so I've moved into focus more on business development mm-hmm. um, business development for the expansion of prep and business development for our members to meet with them regularly and talk about where they are where they want to be we've made connections with, uh, with a lot of grocery stores just so many third-party vendors that we can bring together and provide resources for these people to help grow their business because they really need even the most basic um, insight helps a lot. Oh yeah, and it's and honestly, it's a simple. In a lot of cases, is that they don't necessarily not know what they're doing. It's that they're totally unsure, and no one's ever guided them in the right direction. Right. And it's just being there as a sounding board sometimes. Yes. It, it's that simple. Because they're like, well, I have 50 different choices. Now what do I do? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And in my day, uh, in my 10 or 12-hour day, the hours I spend with a member listening to them talk about their business and giving them ideas on how to grow it and seeing the excitement, that's really what stimulates me now. After all these years, um, I enjoy it, and that's, that's my bright time in my day when I get to see the lights come on in somebody's eyes. Yeah, I said the fun part for me, right, and and I guess similar to yours, I like getting up in the morning and going to work. 
Mm-hmm. I love what I do. I like going in and helping businesses. I like right. understanding what they do and how it all functions and helping them to make things work even better and right. taking ideas and changing things around and, mm-hmm. and moving things about and actually watching them scale and grow and helping right. them you know, create the pieces to help them do that. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's fun for me to see that and to do it across so many different industries and so many different places. Right, right. But and I know that you know with what you're doing, you do the same, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. So what I would love to do is have you tell our listeners, especially the ones in the the restaurant space, who are looking to get involved or who are looking to do something, to start something, or even looking for the warehouse space that they need, um, how to get in touch with you, how to get in touch with Prep, so that they could learn more about how to get started. Sure, our our website is uh, www prepatl.com p-r-e-p-a-t-l.com and there's a lot of information on the site that kind of divides it down into the different categories of use that you can do we actually just purchased the form of the cordon blue cooking school and we'll be building kitchens in that location nice um but it's easy to go on our site and make an appointment to come and and we'll spend time hearing about what you want to do and Find out how it how it can work for you and how and make something that fits the needs for the for whatever level of business it is. All right, thank you very much, Doug, and thank you, Jennifer. A reminder: this has been Strategic Insights Radio here on Business Radio X. To find out more about Sterling Rose Consulting Corp, contact Sterling Rose Consulting Corp at 470-202-8659 or visit the website SterlingRoseConsultingCorp.com.